0: The world is ever-changing, and sometimes we just need a helping hand. Hey, it's one more about the Rama. New apps here, new tech there. It's all very exciting. But it's nice to have something you can count on. Like insurance from State Farm. ¿Tienes preguntas sobre tu seguro? Con State Farm puedes llamar a tu agente o conectar con ellos. Aprende más en es.statefarm.com. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Life is full of surprises. Some good, Some not
1: so much. Hola, it's honey. Hola, it's Carolina. Y sabes que estar preparado para
0: cualquier cosa es importante. Whether that's in our roles as mothers, wives, businesswomen, or podcasters. On our show Life in Spanglish, you know that being open to
1: unexpected turns has been an important part of our success. Pero we can use some help. Oh yes, la buena ayuda is welcome. Y si pasa algo, tranquilitos. Isn't it good knowing that with
0: a state farm agent you can worry less because someone will be personally invested in seeing. Safeguarding your goals. Plus, they have the options to talk to a real person whenever a customer needs, especially when those unexpected turns come up. It's the personalized attention you can count on. Aprende más
1: en es.statefarm.com. Como un buen vecino, State Farm está ahí. Hey! The Casa TV podcast. Talk about the best and the worst on the box.
0: Yep, it's Tuesday again, and
1: you are once again welcome to the Custard TV Live. Hello there, welcome internet people. Bring me your ears and listen to the television news and stories that we're about to bring you. Uh, I say we because I'm not alone here on Custard TV Live, me being Gary, uh, courtesy of vulturehound.co.com. I'm joined, as always, by the owner, the purveyor, and the runner of Custard TV, Luke.
0: I'm in my shorts today as well. Is, is you are interested in facts, fans? This is the first <laughs> podcast I've done in shorts. Do, do you know what? It's it's
1: we haven't discussed this. I'm also in shorts. Oh my god. It's a short special. If you've got any <laughs> stories about shorts, uh, this is how you can get in contact. If you've got anything television related, we prefer that. Uh, you can contact us on, on Skype. You can add Custard TV Live to your Skype and give us a bell and let us know what you're thinking. Uh, and as we go along through the show, you may well hear a topic or a show which interests you. We've both got our Twitter open. Uh, mine is at the Gary Show. No more underscores. They're gone. That's last year
0: so last and year. mine is and, uh, <laughs> TV. and can i just reiterate when gary says it's a short special it doesn't mean we're only on for 10 minutes and then we're gone <laughs> sadly it means we are here for the full 45 minutes but we've, we're d- in shorts and i would Indeed. like your input as to whether shorts enhance the podcast because if they do it's shorts every week for me baby i'll be well, saying I- christmas in shorts
1: I'm not going to be the one that has to tell Tenise about the short special. And we ought to mention that, that uh, the not-so-token woman, Tenise, is suffering with some throat issues. So uh, me and Luke are sending our best wishes uh, to Tenise this evening. We're not going to do any silly little puns or jokes uh, because she kills us. I
0: didn't sign don't. up for that, to be fair. <laughs> no, no. <laughs>
1: You didn't do that. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be talking about Silk, The Voice. We're going to talk about Sex, Lies and Rinsing Men, a show on Channel 4. We've got a special guest who's going to talk all about that. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about, does it matter what time something is on with the introductions of PVRs and plus boxes and all those things and plus channels? Do you ever watch anything live anymore? Does it ever matter to you? So if you'd like to get in contact with us about that, contact us on Twitter. Use the hashtag Live, and we'll be more than happy to read your comments out over the course of the show first First off the rank, as they say. First ball down the bowling aisle. Is Silk returned last Tuesday on BBC One at 9pm. A legal drama not very similar to other legal dramas that you get, particularly the American styles that go for more The Flash. This was very much a a done straight, done very true to the way in which British justice is actually handed out. And I uh, what of did you is think? Down
0: to the, I think a lot of that is down to the fact that it is written by a former barrister, Peter Moffat knows what mm. he's talking about. There was a line in last series where he said, this isn't America, we're not walking backwards and forwards and pro- cross-examining. And actually, I think the series um, feels better for that, to be honest. I I, I think it's a bit play-acting, some American law shows, and a bit dr- over-dramatised. Silk's not over-dramatised. It's It's very well done. I think the only thing that faulted it last for me this first episode was the fact that for new viewers like yourself you weren't given sort of a, a catch up
1: yeah i mean i didn't watch series one i'm not quite sure why maybe it was up against some other stuff but um I, when i stepped to series two i think i spent about thirty forty minutes really getting into the show and i was quite convinced at the time that i wasn't going to make it to the end but i did persist and i did uh... and i did enjoy it and the last twenty minutes certainly tied up the episode in a good way without making it appear too short and and gave me sort of you know comfort about watching tonight, and I, I you know it's on in about fifty five minutes, uh, and I will be watching.
0: And it will carry on from episode one, which is a nice yes. So many dramas don't do that nowadays; they're mm. all self-contained to allow people to jump in and out whenever the mood takes them. But if you've watched episode one. Silk will continue. The, what, what happened in episode one won't be forgotten, it'll ricochet throughout the series, and that works really well. Maxine Peake and Rupert Penry Jones are fantastic. Neil Stook, who I had the pleasure mm. of talking to, is also very good because you never know quite what his motives are.
1: Um, yeah, he, he he has a very strange role. He's not a lawyer, he's not a solicitor. But, from what I can tell, he appears just to be like an office manager who appears to have his finger in a lot of pies, oh, he, he as they works.
0: say as i and I have to be honest i don 't fully understand it, but that 's also what I quite like about silk is that it doesn 't yeah it doesn 't be. it doesn 't say this is what this person does, this is what that person does. You learn as you go along, i think we 're spoon fed too much information in t v drama off. Often enough, but what his job is, is he's head of chambers. So he works yeah. for, for, for um, the main characters, but they also, in a funny way, work for him.
1: Yeah, they're very, very much that they need him binary. and he needs them. He needs them to make money and, and, and get profile, and they need him to get him the right cases and the right contacts. So it's interesting what you're saying about catch-ups. Um, the U.S. version of The Killing returned to Channel 4 about two, three weeks ago. I watched all of Series 1, and at the beginning of Series 2, they did no kind of real sort of series catch-up which would have been very easy because there was a world wealth of uh, of material and, you know, the, the, the murder of Rosie Larson, you know, as they call it in America. And the so- the show really suffered. Um, I've, re- I've watched the first episode of Series 2, and even I, who'd watched all of Series 1, struggled to really remember all the intricacies that they built in. And they lost a huge amount of viewers in America with that.
0: But I think with something like Silk as well is the fact that because it was on over a year ago, even yeah. viewers who may have even bought the dvd at the time it wouldn't hurt Mm. when you've got an hour and it is a true hour what with it being bbc one 30 Mm. seconds to say look this is what happened to martha this is what happened to clive this is yeah it doesn't have to be in your face and remind you of every little intricacy because you might want to go back and buy series one on dvd but you could you it would benefit from a little bit of a previously on silk type situation but and maybe they will do that tonight and maybe tonight
1: you'll get that I know they did a preview at the end of episode one of what episode was in episode two, and actually that kind of made me think, yes, I'd like to watch it. Um, do, do you think that Silk will end up getting a third series, Luke? You know, do you think do you think there's enough of an audience and thing in here? I mean, this is um, a fairly, it's a fairly short series; it's only six episodes.
0: Yeah, Neil Stuke, who I spoke to, I'm gonna have to sorry. I, when we go to an outbreak break, I have to pick up all these names. I'm turning into Tom Jones. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Neil Stook, I worked I with Elvis, don't you? Know? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done a duet with Aretha Franklin this week So you're fine no. But when I spoke to Neil Stuke he, he he seemed under the impression That a third series was in the bag mm. I don't know whether you can be That confident in today's TV I, world The ratings were very strong It came back a little lower Than mm. uh, the, the highest rated episode But what I enjoyed about Silk this time and last time is I felt like and correct me if I'm wrong because you've watched a lot of American law drama but it felt like it was taking us into a world that I hadn't really seen on TV before. I didn't mm. feel over familiar with it. It felt like an interest it had an interesting atmosphere about it. Did you pick up on that when you were first watching it for the first time or
1: yeah, yeah. certainly there, there was there was very much a feeling of there was much more in this episode than they were going to let you see. You know, a lot of the stuff was going on behind phone calls or behind closed doors. Mm. And therefore, you, you kind of felt like you were being drip-fed the show a little bit, which I think, as I say, doesn't encourage new viewers. Um, but by the end of the episode, you knew the major players and you could kind of see an outline of where this series is going. I know when we spoke previously, you informed me that in Series 1, Rupert Penry-Jones and the other main character, I've forgotten her name, sorry. Um, that's it. Oh. Uh, had, what a, what had a great
0: ba- TV name as well, Martha Costello. Indeed. Which is a Indeed. great TV name. It's a great name.
1: I believe they had a baby together or didn't have a baby. They or... didn't
0: have a baby together because she unfortunately had a miscarriage during it. But that, Fine. again, not referenced. I don't know whether that was... Um, no, not there referenced. Was a, and... There was a little mention, he said something, she asked whether he was she he was sleeping with the... The new woman called George, oh, that's and he it, said, yeah. "Never a good idea to sleep with your colleagues," which, which was. Sort well, of see, a...
1: I saw, I read that as as him sort of saying, "Oh well, you know, no, I'm not." But obviously, now I know what I know. And that comment know makes a big fight. difference,
0: and he, he. And I think again, that's where
1: they let it down.
0: But again, that's we're, we're used to seeing little Rupert Penry-Jones like in. He sort of, I think, he'll be forever in Spooks, the hero, and in this, yeah. he's a little bit slimy. He's a little bit.
1: He's certainly not the hero in this piece. It's it's good acting because, as you say, in Spooks, he's the big tough man, makes the hard decisions, catches the bad guys. In Silk, he's the kind of like the underhand. He's the number two and he's got a, you know, he didn't get the silk, which I understand is the robes and the, the ermine that they wear. She did. And therefore, he feels a bit slighted by that. Um, and it was a good addition. Uh, the, the The woman who joined the cast uh, as oh, the, as the that. solicitor, uh, she was in previously. Was she the wife in Luther? I believe she was.
0: Yes, she she was. She when was she Luther's wife is, in yeah, series brilliant. one. So thought, oh, so okay, she's a good Luther's actress. Luther's wife has survived. Yeah, where was yeah. Well, you? The, the whole the whole cast. I mean, Phil Davis. He just I don't trust him as far as I could throw him in whatever. He could, he could be playing God, and I'd be going, no, he's got ulterior motives. <laughs> he's just fantastic. Um, yeah. in this role and, and he's going to be a big part of the series and the court scenes I find kind of riveting I must say I always sit there I always feel like I'm in the court is that a little bit yeah. over the top to say but I immerse no, I think, myself I think that's in right. it there
1: was always, a, uh, I mean, there was an old ITV series called Rumpole of the Bailey. And I could never really work out why that was so successful. But I think most people who watched it would say it was the courtroom side of it. Mm. Actually, him as a character wasn't particularly, you know, he was a big, bold drinker. But actually, the character and the kind of like the, 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 the interest in the, in the legal part of it, the law part of it. I mean, I've done jury duty and it fascinated me. Um, yeah. It wasn't particularly the world's greatest experience because of the cases that I was dealt with. I, but you said I because wanted... of the
0: catering then.
1: <laughs> the catering was fine, actually, if I, can oh, okay. if I remember rightly. But the, the, the sort of the, the the um the court the processes, the legal side of it, the decision making, the facts that you were given. I mean, I I put myself up to be you know the chairman of the jury or of where it was, or the you speaker of yeah, the jury.
0: Yeah, you hide your light under the bushel ever, do you? Well,
1: <laughs> I didn't. I didn't open with my name is Gary. I lead this. No. Uh, I'm from the Vulture but- Hound. <laughs> That's right, yeah. But I did, um, I did fancy doing that bit where you go into a room and you go, right, who says guilty, who says not. That intrigued yes. me. So yeah. I think if you have any interest in the legal world, then this will interest you. It's on again, as I say, in about 50 minutes on BBC One. I heartily recommend watching, recording, um, or uh, or speaking to a friend uh, about this show. And
0: just just to bring it to it to a close as well, it's interesting. Crime I thought that's what now. I just did. No, well, I'm going to do it again. Wait. I just okay. you wanted to a close so well. I want to have a go myself.
1: An
0: um, encore. Go on. Uh, so, I mean, the interesting thing about how well Silk does and how much messages I got when I did the interview and when I mentioned it was coming back is law drama on TV isn't as big as crime drama mm. is. Although the, you might say the two go hand in hand, law dramas are particularly difficult to get people into because people think they're highbrow and about the upper class and stuff. And I, I think Silk is just, just that little bit different and uh, lets you yeah. into a different world. So as Gary quite rightly said, set your clocks. And as soon as this podcast finishes, we will allow you, once you've downloaded it and sent it to every member of your family, to go and sit down <laughs> and watch Silk.
1: That, that, that's good, yes. Every member of your family and your entire Facebook contacts. Uh, moving on to a show that we've been featuring since since the beginning of Custard TV Live. I kind of feel like we've embraced this show. So it's The Voice. Now that Britain's Got Talent has, uh, has ended for this year, The Voice is the only sort of like weekend event show that's on. And um, this weekend, there was some problems with the live show. Uh, I, myself, didn't watch the live show, but I watched the Sunday repeat, which obviously tells you exactly what, what happened. And it appears that uh, Jessie J's live performance with her team, there were some technical problems, and she actually stopped herself and started again. Um, my impression at least is that really... She I...
0: didn't mind, I suppose. At, least, <laughs> at least it And as well, it was live.
1: Uh, the other thing as well I've noticed is that... Um, is that ch- that that will i am has gone through that line of he's gone through that sort of curve of was annoying then interesting now annoying again
0: yeah because you know what's funny about him they cut to him and yeah. he always looks like he can't think of anything to say i think the most painful part of that show is when holly who
1: and i have to say this i'm not making any sort of salacious comments but are they basically undressing her each week to get more viewers each week she's wearing less clothes
0: yeah, I'm just hoping one day she'll just come out in the dressing gown. But we, we should move it. Yeah. We should on. Actually, Holly, we're doing a short special. You should do a short special. Um, that's right. But can I just say also what annoys me about her, it, perhaps, perhaps it isn't her, but she sort of puts, she doesn't let the coaches say what they want to say. She asks them a question that they have to yeah. answer. And, yeah, and so it ends she up putting say, words oh, in her mouth.
1: And also, I think, you know, you, I mean, I, I, if you've done any sort of training in interviewing and things like that, you don't ask open and those closed questions, you know, Will, uh, your act was brilliant. Do you agree? Well, he's just yeah. going to go, yes, that's his first word. And then it's up to him to think of it. A better way of doing would be, Will, your, your act was brilliant. Tell me what you liked about it. Yeah,
0: because and then he's got the she, opinion, she does, then he's I'm got sure it's not her. I'm sure she's being told no. to ask these questions in that way.
1: Um, She's got something going on in her ear. You can tell that. Although she's a professional, um, and you know, it's very difficult. There are only a few people that have really had this experience before of live television like this. I mean, Anton Deck, Dermot O'Leary, Kate Thornton, Davina McCall. There aren't. Shows you how comfortable
0: Anton Deck and Dermot are in that live TV environment. Yeah, and how good Davina was. I mean, all those
1: years doing those live Big Brothers. You know, she effortless in the way she yeah. did it. And, and I was it, surprised slightly that really the BBC like... didn't try and get her for this.
0: I I just don't know. I think the voice Danny Cohen controller of BBC1 has got two years of the voice and I was thinking about how we could tweak it, how we could make it better. And what I came back to is whoever he gets on that panel and in those swivel chairs, it's not them. Mm. It's the fact that the format's quite flawed.
1: Indeed. Well, we're going to bring that part of our conversation to a close. We'd love to hear what you have to think on Silk or on The Voice. You can contact us, as I said, either adding Custard TV Live to Skype or you can use the hashtag Custard TV Live. We're going to pay some bills now, so you're going to listen to messages uh, and we'll see you on the other side. One. Okay, welcome back. I hope you've listened to those messages and you will act accordingly. Um, coming up next is an interview that I recorded with Sam Sparrow of the... Cust- of the not the Custard TV... Well, she's now of the Custard <laughs> TV Live. but she's <laughs> Didn't she podcast. also have a hit with Black and Gold a couple of years ago? <laughs> I believe she did. Uh, and She's called the High Tea Cast. You can find them on iTunes. More details at the end of this short interview. We talked about a Channel 4 documentary called Sex, Lies and Rinsing Men. And Luke, if you could press that button now... Joining me now is Sam from the High Tea Cast, who blogged about this show, Sex, Lies and Rinsing Men, so I've invited her on the show. Good evening, Sam.
2: Hi, how are you?
1: Very well, thank you very much. Um, Could you briefly tell our listeners uh, what rinsing is? I think we ought to introduce what that is before we go on to the show.
2: Absolutely. So, um, rinsing, for the um, uninitiated, is the new term for gold digging without the sex.
1: Yeah, it, uh, gold digging is an extremely good way of describing it, I think, actually.
2: Yeah, it, essentially, the, the ladies on the show and ladies that um, partake in rinsing, because it is, I, I've had a look on the internet and I've had a look around, it does seem to be only ladies taking part in this, is essentially um, they use their charm and beauty to rinse or mug off mm-hmm. wealthy men for money and gifts. So they don't just pick any guy, yep. they have to be guys that have got enough money to keep them satisfied.
1: That's right, and when we're talking about gifts, we're not talking about flowers and chocolate, we're talking about Cartier watches, we're talking yeah. about um, car. I'm, I'm guessing cars must be on the menu? I didn't, I didn't I haven't see any, seen any but...
2: Cars, yeah, there wasn't any cars on the documentary, there wasn't all expenses paid, um, business card oh, yeah. trip to New York, plus a load of shopping um there have been um cash actual cash gifts oh. um there was um one lady on the show who um basically charged 200 pounds for a six minute conversation with a guy oh yeah on skype, Basically, wasn't it? just humiliated the guy over skype and he paid 200 quid for that to pay for her shopping food shop
1: Uh, Didn't she also at some point want, she wanted like a washing machine as well, didn't she? Or a tumble dryer, but she hadn't had the tumble dryer yet. I felt bad for her there. You know, we all need tumble dryers. Um, (laughs) Did you you have any sympathy for these girls? I say girls because I can't call them ladies, I'm afraid. Did did you have any sympathy for them?
2: Yeah, I didn't. To be honest with you. No, not really. I mean, to be honest, I I get what it's like. Um, I love shopping. I can't help it. I have a bit of an online shopping fetish. Um, But you know what? Sometimes you can't afford it. And I think what's really sad is that the programme seemed to document that these ladies thought that they were being really, really clever. They were being really independent, getting what they wanted. But they were relying on men to pay for their stuff. So those men dry up or they lose their looks or their breasts. Or their body, or they stop pole dancing. Uh, which one of them was doing? Yeah. Um. And the money dries up. So where are they left then? It's it's not a very sensible career choice.
1: I mean, it's it's almost like they're kind of like it's an almost opposite of Premiership footballers. Once their career is finished, once as you say, once their looks have gone, what are these people going to do for lives? How are they going to make a living when they're no longer attractive? And let's let's be brutally honest. One of them was drop dead gorgeous. I yeah think.
2: absolutely you can um, one see of why people FHM, yeah one of them yeah. was an fhm glamour model and actually um she was quite interesting because she'd kind of set it up a bit like a longer term career so she never met any of the guys it was all done online via twitter yeah and then um she's then towards the end of the program you saw that she was su- setting up a website which was a bit like um a reverse porn website where there was no porn i mean there was definitely boobs out kind mm. of glamour shots but then um, she was like, I want to move it on from paying for gifts to actually paying money. And I get that. But at some point, the next big FHM model is going to come along. Yeah, there's, always, there's, all,
1: there's always going to be someone younger, better looking. And, and you know, as as the men. But I suppose the thing is, the men were of a kind of like, and I say this very worryingly, seeing as I'm in this demographic, <laughs> single middle-aged men. Yeah. Um, Uh, Is this the definition of a middle-life crisis? I've got so much money, I've got no woman in my life to spend it on. I'll spend it on these unrealistic people who are never going to meet me and are never going to go out with me.
2: I I agree. I think, you know, I did feel a bit sorry for the guys, actually, if I'm honest, because they're preying on a very certain type of guy. And I wouldn't actually necessarily say these aren't the mega, super rich guys. No. Because the mega, super rich guys that have got an absolute tonne of cash... I imagine would have a bit more sense than to be rinsed by someone sending out a picture of Jimmy Choo's on their BBM. Oh. But they were kind of the mid-level, a bit lonely with, with money. I mean, actually, some of them had wives and kids. And yeah. it just made me feel a bit sick. I mean, they were saying there's no sex involved, no touching, no kissing, but it still felt grubby and dirty. And I don't want to judge other women. That's so not what I'm about. Mm. But I was just like, a lot of young girls are already growing up in a really sexualized culture and then they see this as like a free and easy career choice yeah i mean this
1: this is working from home and and not really working i mean like the the biggest expense the amount of work they do is going out and spending the money there were a, a few subtle differences weren't there i mean as you say there are there were three people on the show one yeah. of which was Jeanette, who was this what she called a professional rinser. You know, her yes, lifestyle. And, and she'd been out with Mario Bellatelli footballers. She'd been quite snapped. I, I believe she's a model, although I wouldn't like to commit to that. Um, yeah, I think
2: she's, <laughs> she has done glamour modelling. Right. Um, so was, not really she, modelling, but, you know. Liverpool. Yeah. I think she's definitely done boobs-out modelling. She definitely hangs out in all the places where the football players hang yeah. out. She and, goes to the right clubs.
1: And you saw her actually going into clubs.
0: Deck your home with blinds.com DIY or let us install Free Design Consultation free 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 free, free 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 Plus free Samples and Free Shipping Free 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 Free, 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 free. Ho, 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 blinds.com invented a better way to buy custom high-quality window
1: treatments with no showroom mock-ups or waiting around for quotes from pushy salespeople, saving you time and money for the holidays with upfront pricing right on our website. Go right out to Blinds.com. Satisfaction guaranteed. Satisfaction guaranteed. Shop Blinds.com's Green Monday sale. Get up to 45% off. Plus doorbuster deals. Blinds.com.
0: <laughs>
1: Rules and restrictions may apply. Bob's and um, a. Uh- attacking is such a bad word but it's the word that comes to my head these lonely men she almost made it as if we're like a pack of hyenas we draw someone away from the group and then we pounce on them that was kind of the impression that she gave
2: yeah that's exactly what she did um and she'll scout out for new ones that she hasn't seen before Mm. find out when they're coming back and then turn up, and she's like, "Well, I'm providing a service because they're lonely," and I was like, "Oh no. no,
1: don't be that lonely." And then, then we've mentioned Danica, uh, who who yeah. has her own website and and never meets the men, which is different to the others. And then there's Holly, who uh,
2: it Holly looked, was a really interesting case because yeah. I, I felt I I felt really. I, I wanted to know more about Holly's story because Holly was a dancer in a club and hmm. she was also a club promoter. So she went out semi-naked on stilts in Notting Well, Mansfield, I think yeah. she was working and sort of, um, attracting people into the club. And then that's when she'd do a lot of her scouting about. And then she kept like, she was pretty much doing it for money, not for gifts.
1: Yeah. She Which sold.
2: Worse.
1: She sold some of the gifts she got on eBay because she was she had at least one child and she was living in a hu- living in a, in a flat that she paid for. So, she was she saw it as a business decision. I know Danica also saw this as a business, but was running it much more of a as you said reverse porn site almost. You know, kind of like that kind of business model. Whereas yeah, Jeanette absolutely. was Jeanette seemed much more into it for the. I don't know. She almost seemed to be punishing the guys. You know. Yeah,
2: I, it seemed kind of. What I really didn't like is um that it seemed to be really anti men, the mm. whole programme, actually. And it was a bit imbalanced. And I get why it was imbalanced, because I don't think many of the guys that have been rinsed would want to come on the television and talk about you it. Know. But there seemed to be a real undertone of men hatred, yeah which isn't good either. And it's not good for the feminist cause. And. Um, You know, they were talking about it being a mutual relationship, but it didn't feel mutual on either side,
1: to be honest. In fact, the one rinser that you did see, even though his face was blurred, was the guy that Danica Skyped, and at the end of the call, he said the the most horrible thing is, I love you more than... I think I love you more than you love me. Yeah. And my heart just... I mean, I didn't know whether to laugh or cry at that point, because I thought I could laugh, because I thought, that's so sad. How on earth could you feel you could say that? Then I thought, well, actually, you know, this guy is so lonely that his biggest pleasure in life was having a seven-minute conversation with someone he's never going to get any closer to. And that was it. Yeah, I know. And kind of like I felt bad for him, but, you know, equally, he's paid out loads of money for that, you know. So Um, how much of a part do you think social media played? I mean, there was a lot made on the show about how much they use Twitter, how much they use BlackBerry Messenger. This sort of thing isn't new. Unfortunately, is it uh, about gold no. digging? But it seemed very integral to, to at least two of their their lifestyles, both with Jeanette and with Danica.
2: Yeah, social media, I think, has played a massive part to making it kind of easy access um, to this kind of behaviour. It makes it so much easier to do. Mm. I mean, I wouldn't have the balls to do it, to be honest. So, <laughs> give the girls one thing; they've they've got balls of steel. Mm.
1: I actually was quite worried for Jeanette's safety when she was in New York seeing yeah, the way in which the guy reacted and, and thinking you've not got your friends around you at the moment I know there's a camera crew but you, the hell, they're gonna they're gonna keep rolling they're not gonna they're not necessarily gonna step in if this guy gets a little bit you know handsy or violent um and, yeah, and I get I, the I impression know, yeah, the that impression. when the camera's not around I wonder how much that happens
2: Exactly. And I guess you're in nightclubs and we hear yeah. about all these kinds of things happening. And absolutely, it's not the women's fault. But, you know, for some of these guys, maybe some of these guys don't understand mm. what the nature of the relationship is. And, and she was sort of saying, oh, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep stringing this out to get the Louis Vuitton bag. And I was like, girl, serious. You need <laughs> to losses. You need to wise up.
1: Yeah. By the end of it, I actually felt sorry for some of the girls i 'm not sure all of them i I, I mean because they all appear quite damaged if we 've said and and a lot of them did actually say that th- the reason they do this is because of past past bad experiences with men or with a a male led dominated industry in, in glamour modeling, and they kind of felt you know this is their coping mechanism it's almost like we said their kind of way of getting back. Do you think Channel Four will or should do some sort of follow up do you think six months down the line? They should go back and see what's happening in these girls' lives. Would you be interested in watching that?
2: I think there's a part of me that would be morbidly curious. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I like to punish myself like that. But to be honest with you, I felt that the documentary didn't show enough of the kind of bad bad stuff. It, it touched on it a bit, with mm. specifically with Jeanette's story in New York. But in a lot of ways, I thought it was quite... Um, it was quite dangerous and quite irresponsible of them i mean this wasn't a documentary um and i've noticed they've got some they've got some more documentaries coming up like the one this week it based around the same premise is about um people that um eat like yes. morbidly obese and they're eating on the internet to get other people off on their whatever kicks and i'm just like you know i get that you're delving into the dark and the you know the demonic places, but there's there's a line, um, mm. and I don't think Channel Four are running the responsible line of how to have balanced reporting.
1: No, it's very different. On our show, we've covered a lot of what Louis Theroux did recently, and we feel that he always does gets that balance a bit better between yeah, between absolutely. absolutely, you know, responsible journalism and exposing these people for a little bit of what they are. It
2: feels a bit voyeuristic. Yeah, and, and what I find really interesting, and I was having a conversation at work, and it's the same with Take Me Out as a program they wouldn't do it the other way round no, they would not do it ten yes. guys or men in a pack of 30 yeah all after one woman and buzzing the buzzer cuz she was ugly or something so and everyone's like yeah female empowerment and i'm like but it's not female empowerment it's hunting in packs mm. and doesn't make it any better just because women are doing it to men and you'd never can you imagine the uproar if channel 4 had done a program where men are mugging off rich women
1: yeah, I mean, I th- I, I totally agree, because I think I don't, th- A, I agree with you, I don't think it happens as much, anywhere near as much. Yeah. Equally, I, I don't think those people would come forward. I don't think those people would have the guts, and as you said, sometimes you look at these women and you think, blind, they've got balls, but men wouldn't have the guts to come forward and say, yes, that's actually what I do. They'd be more ashamed, I think. These women are brazen in that sense.
2: Incredibly brazen. Incredibly brazen. Incredibly brazen.
1: Um, Sam, thank you very much for your comments uh, You're no you you are appearing this evening courtesy of a, a podcast and a blog and I'd like yeah. to give you this opportunity to tell the world what those are right now
2: OK, well, I'm co-editor and producer of a um, online magazine called uk. We blog daily um, on all kinds of shenanigans, including um, things that make us angry, like sex, lies and rinsing, guys. Um, and we also have a monthly podcast, which is just like a chat show, hour and a half long, called The High Teacast. We're on iTunes. Pop us into the search and you'll find us.
1: And whilst you're there, a five-star review would go a heck of a long way, would it not? it would, it would. It let's, would. Let's, ha- have a little
2: listen to myself and um leah my co-host and um and let us know what you think and also give us a tweet at the high tea cast
1: lovely thanks thank you very much Sam, for coming on the show this evening
2: thanks gary
1: this is the custard tv podcast
0: and we're back that was You're the off. chat i i well, try not to be annoyed that you've been moonlighting and had a far more intelligent conversation with somebody else. But, um, well, I, I knew fine.
1: you'd react badly, but don't worry. Uh, you're still number one on this show uh, for a time being. Um, Especially while Tanishi isn't here. Well, that's right. She allows you to be number one when she's not here. Uh, you also saw a bit of this programme, I believe. Um, your, your thoughts? Do you have anything different to what we were saying? Did you have a different viewpoint? I,
0: I don't think I think shock... And disappointment in society is is the thing that comes across mostly on this. I think what you were saying about Channel 4 bringing out these documentaries. What's interesting is, and I've been barking on about controllers all day, Jay Hunt, who's now in control of Channel Channel 4, uh, mm-hmm. used, was previously controlled of BBC One. And I get the impression with documentaries like this that Jay is saying, this is something I would have never been able to commission at BBC One, so I'm going to do it on BBC, on Channel 4. That's the feeling I get. But I think what she's doing with documentaries like this, and don't get me wrong, there's been some great documentaries from Channel 4 this year, but ones uh, after 10 o'clock seems to be sort of BBC3 style. And I think Channel Mm. 4 is better than that.
1: And and in consequence, and I know Sam made reference to this uh, in our conversation, tonight at 10 o'clock is my big fat fetish where it appears that women over 20 stone eat and men watch them and that's how they get their kicks and without wanting to go too much into that because I've, you know, I've, I've not long had me do them myself um, I, I know it was one thing and I didn't, and I didn't enjoy eat. it I didn't
0: yeah, enjoy watching strange...
1: you eat <laughs> sorry about that and it's a strange and unique thing but I suppose and as I, th- I made mean, reference to in the interview it's that kind of like the more BBC version of Louis Theroux you know, he takes it very seriously they're almost poking fun but not quite I don't know, maybe
0: I don't know. I, ju- I just think Channel Four is better, and of course, what they what they seem to be the king and queens of at for at the moment is is getting the title of these shows. Yeah. I think Lauren Jones 407 on Twitter messaged me and said she wasn't going to watch um, my big fat fetish. Then she saw an ad for it, realised what the title was, and now is absolutely compelled yeah. to watch.
1: And I, and, and I think we talked a couple of weeks ago on the show about does it matter what a, a show is called? And, and obviously, this is one of the programmes that we referenced at that point. You know, the, the title might not make you actually want to watch it. And even Sex, Lies and Rinsing Men doesn't really sort of give it away. Rinsing is not a, a common term. I
0: thought it was the people with shower fetishes.
1: Well, maybe and it was. Like maybe I, I can imagine
0: that. that if my big fat fetish kicks off, then we will be treated at Christmas to my big fat gypsy fetish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: God knows what that will be. Probably hosted um, by Gok Wan. Uh, he's got yes. a cooking show. Why the heck wouldn't he get that as well? Uh, I said I'd shoehorn that reference in. Uh, well very quickly, uh, a, a little bit of TV reality TV news seeing as we're on that spin. Uh, the X Factor returning later on in the year as announced that it will be bringing in guest judges now that Danny Minogue has confirmed she won't be returning. Uh, Jerry Halliwell mentioned as one. Uh, the other She's being mentioned as Rod She's, um, she's there at the moment as we speak and uh the, the sort of the, the sort of surprise news is rod stewart i mean some of those contestants are young enough to be his wife
0: <laughs> do you know what i know you did that on twitter but you are hilarious regardless that was
1: funny. <laughs> and in order to allow luke and the rest of you to cut to uh, to get over my hilarity we will now place some more messages listen to, listen 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 with your ears
0: <laughs> i'm pressing it now
1: and we are back on the Custard TV Live. You've still got time to get in contact with us on Twitter. My Twitter name is at Show, and you can use the hashtag CustardTVLive. Luke's Twitter handle is...
0: Luke Custard TV. And uh, what we put out on Twitter tonight, uh, Gary and I, because we work together, but we also work alone when it comes to Twitter, and we both asked you, um, does it matter what time something is on? And I'll ask you first, Gary. We talk, We hear about people controllers saying we need to find drama for 9 o'clock we need to find something mm. at 8 o'clock does it matter to you in a world of PVRs?
1: No, I, I very much have embraced the new technology. The, the, the idea of uh, PVRs, of Sky Plus, Virgin Plus, and Plus One channels means that I, my, my watching of television is very random. Uh, very little TV is watched live, apart from sport. I, I can't stand watching sport recorded. Um, but every other type of show, particularly drama, if I want to watch an episode of Silk at 9 in the morning, if I want to watch The Apprentice in the middle of the day, yeah. if I want to watch um, at, you know, a, at A&E at sort of 3 o'clock on a Saturday, I will. Because I think you're not bound by those rules anymore. Of, and, and, and although there are such things as televisual events, Sherlock being one, The X Factor, you know, things like that, I, I think the British public is much more embracing the idea of that you can watch whatever you like at any time you like.
0: Well, Lauren Jones, 407, got in touch to say, nope, absolutely everything is Sky Plus, the best media-related innovation ever since the internet. Uh, Carl F. was very kindly, got in touch and said, I must admit, I haven't watched anything live for ages. My Sky Plus planet is my Radio Times nowadays. That's interesting, isn't it, really? Mm. uh, Now the Radio Times is out for people to know not what they're going to video but um, to know what they can Sky Plus. And somebody else got in touch, Ellie Chambers, and said, no, I tend to record and play back except for Silent Witness, which I will al- always watch live, but you probably guessed that already. So the majority there, only a few replies, but we appreciate them, mm. and the majority saying, you don't need to worry about 8, 9 o'clock. I think the only good thing that the, 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 the time slot something is on is you can mm. sort of gauge what sort of a program it will be. For example, Sky One had a new comedy on called Starlings, mm-hmm. which, which starred Brendan Coyle of Downton Abbey and Leslie Sharp, and I'd, and it was written by some guys from Peep Show and stuff. So yeah. I, sort of kn- I sort of thought I knew what that was going to be like, humour-wise, but then they played it at 8 o'clock, and I thought, oh, this is going to be a short family drama I'm... then. yeah. On, on the other show
1: that I used to do, we used to have a kind of a rule that... Uh, if, an, if a drama program was on at 8 o'clock of an evening yeah. it wasn't going to be edgy enough for us no, you exactly. know when, when Universal put things like Harry's Law on at 8 o'clock or Psych we knew that probably wasn't going to be good enough for us because it didn't have that edge that we needed exactly. whereas things that were on at 9 and 10 o'clock as you say might be dealt with the more grittier side of it and my goodness when when Channel 5 used to put The Shield on at a quarter past midnight you were like this is really like they must be hardcore kind of we stuff we must and not it,
0: be even know, able, allowed to watch this without some something-
1: Yeah, you felt like trying to ring your parents,
0: didn't you, to find out whether you were actually allowed to watch it at that time? But I think that's the (laughs) only—that's the only sort of rule that serves. I think eight o'clock to me, especially on a Sunday. Uh, will always be sort of like the heartbeat slot and things like that. You know yeah. what you're getting at 8 o'clock on a Sunday night. So if something my like way. Starlings is put on at 8 o'clock on a Sunday, you know where it's going to be humour-wise. It's the Custard TV Live, by the way. Thanks for getting in touch. And you don't just have to get in touch while we're on. You can get in touch any time yep. you like, and I will ignore you at my peril.
1: And I will respond, and you will like me more. Uh, a couple of things on TV-related news. Uh, a couple no. of shows ending. Oh, no, I mean, seriously, are you talking I'm, about TV anymore? I was going to talk about shorts, but the producer of the programme said, no, that you have to talk about television. Um, three programmes end or have ended that uh, we ought to talk about. The Bridge, uh, the Swedish-Danish drama that we've been profiling, uh, finished on BBC4 with a huge rating of 1 million, which is incredible for BBC4 on a Saturday night. Uh, the DVD box set is out soon. I would highly recommend, if you haven't seen it, go pick sound that like up. I an utter Luke. snob.
0: I don't want to sound like an utter snob, and I don't want to sound uneducated, and I I don't think in in 2012 this should be a thing I should even bring up, but here I go down that road. Um, Go on. I I think one million for a foreign subtitled drama on a Saturday night is phenomenal, and shows how people are viewing television, and how people have a thirst for something interesting and new in today's... Media I think the process. one thing that
1: I would say is since the digital switchover, BBC 3 and BBC 4 have seen their ratings go up because, of course, everybody has to have digital television now. Um, so all those channels that are on Freeview have seen an increase just purely because there's more people with an ability or have to watch them. But a million is, is almost like 10 million on BBC 1, really, isn't it?
0: Well, BBC it's similar four, to what The Voice. BBC 4 on a Saturday night, I mean, I don't know who watches BBC4 on a saturday night up until things like the killing would you yeah. sa- where would you would you if you had to pick one the bridge or the killing
1: Uh, see i'm more of a bridge fan i haven't yet seen the second half of the killing danish version because i wanted to watch the american one so i i don't know who killed sarah connor or whatever her name is rosie larson uh so i you know i i I, i'm much more of a fan of the bridge because i feel i was watching it as it was on as everybody was buzzing about it getting involved on twitter uh, and, and talking about it that water cooler moment um Two other shows that ended. Oh, sorry. The, the bridge is going to be replaced by a program called Sebastian Bergman, which is another Swedish drama, um, and uh, it's about a man who's called uh, played by Rolf Largsen. Like we're supposed to know who that is. He's a police profiler. Not the Rolf It's this Rolf. Yeah, definitely, it is Rolf Largsen. You've heard of him. He's come to terms with Are the death of his wife and daughter. Hospital? Really. I think so Timey kangaroo. I, don't, I think that's Rolf Harris but I could be oh, wrong no, okay. uh, Just and, and his wife and daughter died in the 2004 Boxing Day tsunami and uh, he's uh, for that so it's a more kind of like it's that kind of like Drew dru- dru- I don't know what's the word I'm looking for Dower <laughs> Deary, I, dreary. Don't, I don't know don't know moving I mean, on dreary. One Tree Hill moving on One Tree Hill ended this week after nine long series in America uh a staple on E4 for a good number of years. This was the basketball drama uh, that suddenly at some point decided to drop basketball, then brought it back. Um, a fairly schmaltzy ending. I'm fairly sure people cried, but I did see a lot of attractivity. This was obviously well-liked by those that liked it. Uh, and house ends this week after eight six on sky one, there's a special uh, look back. And then there's, um, and then there's the, the hour long finale um, house has definitely better then worse then better again at the end this series has been much improved over the previous two series um and um i mean it's amazing how you know we started off with house with the fact that hugh Laurie did a, an amazingly convincing american accent and look at all the other actors that have then gone on to work in america jason isaacs um uh who's the guy out of homeland damien lewis, lewis got a job david harwood yeah. out
0: of homeland indeed
1: Uh, And, you know, all these people probably have Hugh Laurie to thank, uh, though I'm fairly sure he has enough money. Thank you very much.
0: But It's it's happening the other way, because Sky Atlantic's first ever UK production, and it's a drama. Now, if I say the words Paul Abbott to you, bearing in mind we've got two minutes, 30 left, what springs to mind?
1: Uh, I don't know. What springs to mind for you?
0: Well, just great drama. (laughs) Cracker, Shameless... Uh, all those things he's sort of known for. He's known for gritty, well-told stories. Shameless, of course, was autobiographical. I'm not sure how he can make a transgender crime series autobiographical, but I'm sure he'll make it. Well, there's it bound to be time.
1: someone out there. She's a, she's a, she's a, a not a serial killer, she's a hit, a hit, hit woman or hit man. <laughs>
0: You're one. really struggling to talk.
1: <laughs> I think technically we ought to call it a hit person, uh, and she leads a double life. I believe not only because she was a man and now a woman, or the other way around, but she her family don't know what she does for a living. So the previews have gone down very well, from yes, what I've seen. It's been very well received. So that's on. Is that on tonight at ten o'clock as well? 10, so,
0: so you flick from Silk straight to that. And the reason yep. we say it's it's gone the other way is because uh, it's an American actress playing an English actress Yes, playing an English character who who um. The American actress's name is Chloe...
1: She was in Big Love, which was a show on HBO that made it over to Channel 5 about um, bigamy or polygamy. I'm not quite sure which one it was. Um, But that was quite good. I enjoyed the first series of Big Love and she was very good in it. She was very believable as, as as a Mormon wife. Big Club um, is
0: also um, just incidentally Gary's uh, nickname for me which I felt really uncomfortable with at the start of the process.
1: <laughs> no I'm alright with it um, once again these was... sort of things stay I th- I'd wish these things stay between just me and you then Luke uh, <laughs> also in the coming week and we'll be talking about it next week the television BAFTAs are on this Sunday on BBC days. One Uh, so we will we will do a recap next week we will tell you the winners the losers uh, and those other people who couldn't be bothered to turn up we're hoping that programs that Sherlock get a lot of awards
0: I'm sure it will if you have interacted with us whether you've listened or whether you've sent us Mm. a message through Twitter can't tell you how much we appreciate the time you've taken to do that Um, and we'll be back uh, next week from
1: should we say eight o'clock on Tuesday I tell you what, let's break from tradition and say eight minutes past... No, at uh, eight o'clock on Tuesday, we'll be absolutely fine. You will hear from me. My name is Gary. You can find me on At The Gary Show. And you can hear from Luke, whose Twitter name is...
0: Luke TV. Thanks ever so much for listening. Uh, we will catch you. What I would suggest is you watch a lot of TV in the week. Take care. Bye-bye. Yep. Bye. Selling your car to Carbana is as easy as... As easy as pie? Sure. All you have to do is enter your license plate or bin. As easy as a stroll in the park.